you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Newsy update here on today's episode of the College Football Daily. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 15th. My name is Trey Scott, joined right now by the producer, Lance Glenn. Lance, uh, today we've got some some college football daily, what is it, housekeeping they call it, housekeeping to tend to. We've got some college football news and notes. I don't know if you want to unpack the Super Bowl at all, but certainly a lot to talk about. I think we're both a little bit tired, though, on our Super Bowl I don't want to call it a hangover, Lance, but I'm feeling a little groggy Monday morning. Yeah, I mean, it was first and foremost, a very good game. I know you and I both, um, or at least I did, won some won some good money on it. So very happy on that. But yeah, a lot to unpack today regarding college football, as well as the future of the college football daily, uh, a future that might not or will rarely include you, unfortunately. Obviously, you building up this podcast to something great. I, uh, I appreciate the compliment. Let me interject real quick. I don't want anyone to, to freak out. So definitely, definitely changing things up. I'm not going anywhere at 24-7, just to address that off the bat. Not that anyone really cares. But, but Lance, the last three years starting this podcast with my OG co-host, Connor Tapp, it's just turned into a lot, right? It's not the job I was hired to do. It's, it's, it's more so just a hobby. But the podcast department in 24-7 sports is really growing. It's really doing a great job. You've been a key part of that. And it just makes a little bit more sense for me to not be doing it. I will be no longer hosting it at the College Football Daily. And it's you know kind of awkward for me to even just talk about this stuff. I don't really like doing this, this kind of material, Lance, but I will not be hosting it. I think the, the biggest note to pass on is that during the off season, the College Football Daily will now be three days a week. That's correct? Yeah, that's Monday, correct. Yes. Yeah, Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday. Friday mm-hmm. with, okay, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday... Obviously, with the potential to do emergency breaking news episodes. Absolutely. And and bonus episodes as well thrown in there, too, if we uh, find something uh, to trickle in uh, midday some days as well. Hopefully not too much. I'm, I'm fingers crossed here. We're going to have a news slowdown here. And then, you know, what the 24 seven sports, we're we're launching a a streaming service this fall. So everything's kind of, I mean, the college football daily could become that it could. It, so I'm excited to see what you guys do with it. It's, it's you, it's going to be what a rotating cast of five, yeah, right? It's, it's going to be host. I should say it's going to be myself, Chris Hummer, Brandon, Marcello, Colin Kennedy, Carl Reed, and Nick Costco. And it's going to be a rotating. It's going to be a rotation of the six of us, as Trey said, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So you're going to hear familiar voices like myself. You're going to hear maybe some voices you're not necessarily familiar with, but you want to get to know. And I think for you guys, you'll be able to, the time will give you and, and everyone having a few days off between episodes. Like, you know, if Hummer records on a Monday, he would not have another episode for 10 more days, more time to book really good guests to do really targeted episodes and, and uncover new interesting angles. Because so often it's just to say, uh, Let's find a quick guess and, and we'll go with it. And I Lance, the last note on this, you guys will still be doing the across the, the across the country with the College Bowl Daily. Like you're still talking all 65 power five teams. A- absolutely. And, and like Trey said, you know, it gives with the three episodes a week, it'll give us the hosts 
time to prepare great episodes because that's ultimately what, what we want to deliver uh, for you great listeners. We want to deliver great, high-quality episodes. And, and I feel like too often in the off-season, we're kind of just searching for guests and we're just putting out episodes for the sole purpose of putting out episodes. We want to put out episodes so that you get informed, that you can draw opinions, uh, that you can get engaged with. And I think moving to three days a week as opposed to doing the five days a week in the off-season will allow us to come out with much more high-quality content than we've been able to do in past off-seasons. Yeah. And uh, maybe I'll hop on every once in a while to talk Texas or maybe Tom Allen will want to talk to me or something like that. Lance, let's, uh, we'll, we'll leave that there. We'll probably, I, I guess it'll be worth, worth mentioning a few more times this week, just to warn everybody about the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So we'll try to keep that top of mind. So Lance, we're just going to start after getting all that out of the way by unpacking some college football news headlines this weekend. We'll skip the C- Super Bowl stuff. We'll go straight to everyone's favorite conference realignment. I I made some cliff notes. You can tell me if I get anything wrong here or jump in whenever, but Conference USA and the Sun Belt are in a bit of a war because Southern Miss Marshall and Old Dominion plan to leave Conference USA a year earlier than they were going to. They were going to leave for the 2023 season. Now they want to leave for 2022. And Conference USA said, "Uh uh-uh, you're not. There's a breach of contract, war, legal battles going on. Conference USA released its 2022 schedule with those three teams on it. We'll see what happens there. Sunbelt is adding some schools. Uh, James Madison is going to join, but it's this is I, I feel like the Conference USA is is kind of in the in the toughest spot of all the conferences. I think that, that during the last realignment because they're losing UTSA, Rice, North Texas, Charlotte, FAU, and UAB. Those schools are going to the American Athletic Conference. And then they're also losing those other schools maybe early. And then they're really adding Liberty is a good add, New Mexico State, and then Jacksonville State and Sam Houston. So I think I I could speak for everybody that when I had my eye on the SEC expansion and what the Big 12 was going to do, I really, if you had asked me, Lance, to to recite any of that action before this podcast today without those notes, I would not have known any of that. Yeah. And you know, it's it's an interesting scenario that the Conference USA and these three teams have really gotten themselves into, right? Because it's kind of like, which side are you on sort of thing? Because what Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss are claiming is that they notified Conference USA in December uh, of their intentions that they didn't want to participate um, after the current school year, which I guess was this previous school year, so that they wanted to get out early. They wanted, I guess, to make sure that everything was, you know, hunky dory and that everything was fine, that it was kind of a mutual parting of ways. And then Conference USA obviously also had separate plans. And now they're saying that Conference USA isn't really negotiating with them, isn't willing to discuss a resolution, isn't willing to, I guess, in a sense, play fair. But it, it, it's quite interesting because, like you said, you know, all the focus in terms of conference realignment has really been on the SEC the Big 12, obviously the Power Five conferences, what's going to be made uh, of all of that, especially once Texas and Oklahoma announced that they were going to move to the SEC. But, you know, this is kind of flying under the radar and it makes... It makes a difference, frankly. You know, obviously, we don't expect any of these schools or, or any of these conferences to put schools into uh, New Year's Six Bowls often. You know, maybe every once in a while you get a team that's undefeated, but it, it's just interesting how the, this whole scenario is playing out. I'm, I'm curious to see what ultimately comes of it. And obviously, we are still kind of waiting and seeing what happens. You know, is Conference USA going to come out with a, a different schedule? Are these teams going to say, you know what, let's just wait one more year, uh, as I think Conference USA originally believed they were going to do. So it's kind of like a which side are you on, so to speak? Are you on the sides of the three teams doing what they believe is in the best interests of their schools? Or are you on the side of Conference USA saying, hey, we agreed originally on this 2023 date, we're not moving it up for you no matter what? I think my side note is that it's 
being a college football fan these days requires so much understanding and tolerance for the off the field stuff, like conference realignment, like Supreme Court cases, like, you know, are these players employees or not? NIL, all that stuff. It's, I mean, we know this isn't the most interesting stuff, but it does, it does affect the sport. And I, I do think, Lance, that I remember a year ago or not a year ago, but whenever it happened, the expectation just kind of getting to this. Do you jump earlier? Do you stay? Everyone thought Texas know you would be jumping by this fall. It seems unlikely that they do that. So that's just just a little a, a little nugget. Don't want to bury this one, but Hugh Jackson and Grambling State, famous HBCU school. Um, Hugh Jackson's a head coach now. It is, and he was just hired in in December, and he's obviously the former former uh, Browns head coach too. It looks like they're they're targeting Art Bryles to be their offensive coordinator. Obviously, the former Baylor head coach was in charge of the program during one of the worst uh, sexual assault scandals in college athletics history. I feel like this maybe is is going to get shut down uh, because of expected and correct negative backlash that's coming Hugh Jackson and, and Grambling State's way on Twitter, Lance. But if you're Hugh Jackson and you're involved in the movement recently of getting the HBCUs all this great attention and recognition. I think it's preposterous that you would even think about bringing our brows in. Oh, absolutely. Whoever gave Hugh Jackson this idea or said to Hugh Jackson that it was a good idea should seriously reconsider what they believe a good idea is. Uh, This would be a mess. Like you said, there's been so much positive attention with HBCUs regarding, obviously, Deion Sanders and Jackson State, Eddie George and uh, Tennessee State. Uh, Like you said, Hugh Jackson now at Grambling. This would just be such a a colossal failure. And, And I think you're obviously seeing that with the backlash it's getting all over social media. Besides the scandal that obviously comes with our Bryles, you're getting someone who's been out of college football since, what was it, 2015 or 2016? So it's been at least five, six years. You're yeah, getting someone, high school coaching. Yep. Yep. You're getting someone who's got to be at this point close to 70 years old. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me from the football standpoint. And then, of course, when you bring in everything that comes with him and all the baggage, it just would be such a bad, bad move by Hugh Jackson and Grambling to do this. It just, it really doesn't make any sense to me why they even, and if it's one of those things that they're kind of just putting out there to see what the public would say, because because teams, yeah. whether it's professional or college, do that. They, they throw rumors out there just to see what the public reaction would be. If that's one of those things, I still think it would be stupid or it was stupid of Grambling and Hugh Jackson to even go as far as doing that. Because to think, or if they thought that this would have any positive reaction to it, again, whoever thinks this was a good idea should seriously reconsider what a good idea is. Because as I mentioned, this is a, or would be a colossal failure on the, on the, on the part of, of Hugh Jackson and Grambling State if our Bryles is at all associated with this program. The College Football Daily will be right back. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. All right, last one, Lance. Brock Bowers, the star Georgia tight end, maybe the best tight end in all of college football. We'll miss all of spring uh, on a, I believe, a, a torn labrum. He had suffered through the, in, the entire, entire postseason. This is, I think, 
I, I don't want to say it's good news, but a blessing in disguise sometimes for college football programs when you're established superstar. First of all, you're you're risking further injury in the spring. You're getting Brock Bowers cleaned up. But think about also Georgia's breaking in a lot of new receivers. Um, and they've also got some guys such as Darnell Washington and maybe even Eric Gilbert, if he's back and ready to play football this spring, who could use Bowers reps during the spring. Um, you also have Jermaine Burton transferred to Alabama. So this is in the pre-pandemic, pre-transfer portal, pre-NIL college football landscape. This this used to be one of the types of off-season stories of the day. It's really not a big deal. And if anything, Georgia will use it as an opportunity this spring to get guys better. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to look at it from a, a positive standpoint. If you're Georgia, you remember just a year ago in spring practice for the Bulldogs, they lost George Pickens uh, due to a non-contact mm. injury. Uh, so it just shows the the things that could happen. Obviously, the rare things that happen, but things that could happen in spring ball, you know, even when there is no contact. Uh, second, you know, Brock Bowers, it's not like he's someone who needs reps with Stetson Bennett or Brock Vandergriff or, or any of the Georgia quarterbacks. He's obviously, uh, like you said, their superstar tight end. He, I'm sure, has reps with all of them, obviously has reps with Stetson Bennett. Uh, so it's not like, you know, you need to build him back up and you need to build up that chemistry. And again, with obviously the attrition they faced uh, losing Jermaine Burton and needing to, and obviously, you know, George Pickens uh, going to the NFL and needing to uh, break in these new receivers. Uh, this will only help get them more reps. So, you know, kind of a blessing in disguise for Georgia. I'm sure Brock Bowers is going to be fine for the season. I, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, there, there's, it doesn't seem like, you know, there's any doubt about that. So with that being said, you know, I agree with you that this is probably a positive thing for the Bulldogs and Kirby Smart and just makes him fresher for when fall camp does begin. And ultimately uh, they get to the first game of the season against Oregon. Yeah, no, I'm a sort of a low key believer. And if you have an established superstar kind of pull the NFL route, they really don't need to practice all that much. Just put them in a bubble wrap and let them play when the games actually count. All right, Lance, long episode. I think that was, uh, I mean, it felt long, uh, a lot of talking about ourselves, but that's, uh, you know, we had the college football daily news to pass along and Hey man, like this off season feels like it could be a little bit slower. So good luck as you as you wrangle these guys and get these content ideas going. But I know you guys will do a great job and we'll you know we'll finish out the week here on the College Football Daily and, and I'll be around too. So I guess, you know, officially saying goodbye here on, on this episode. For Lance Glenn, our producer, uh, my name is Trey Scott. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll talk to you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.